Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest show in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown, and you are listening to it on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. First of all, I want to apologize if you can tell that there's maybe something a little bit wrong with me. I am getting over a sickness, and so I am still feeling a little bit under the weather. So if there is any sort of thing that you can tell us off with me, I am very sorry. And we need to keep it a little bit candid this week because I don't want to sit here and blow smoke up your you know, rear end. That's, that's what we'll say to keep it a little bit family friendly here. Um... The, the Buffalo Bills lost to the New England Patriots. And if you listen to my podcast last week, I, you know, I, of course, didn't want to put a, a, a score out there. I, I didn't think that the Buffalo Bills were going to handedly beat the New England Patriots. I knew it was going to be a game if there's one team that you didn't want to face going into the elements that we had to go into last week. It might have been the New England Patriots and everything kind of worked out in the New England Patriots favor. You know, it is what it is. Now, I understand there's a lot of things that took place after this game happened. And you're going to notice that the first half of the show really isn't as much about talking about the game. And usually I'll go into specifics of what I I liked about the game. You know, those will be sprinkled here and there throughout this first half of the show. And then, of course, the second half, we will talk about the injury report and the matchup this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But there was a lot of things that happened outside of the scope of the Bills just losing a very big game on Monday Night Football again. I do not need to tell you how important that game against the New England Patriots was. And of course, the Buffalo Bills did not come out on top in that, losing in their bout against the Patriots on Monday night. But you knew that already. You clicked on this podcast, and I'd like to think if anybody does listen to this podcast, then they know that I'm not going to blow smoke up your rear end. And that was a tough loss for the Buffalo Bills. It feels like that we've had quite a bit of those this year. And it almost seems as if we are getting frustrated, but you can also tell that the team is getting frustrated. And one of the things that I'm seeing that really shows how frustrated it must be, because obviously as Bill's Mafia, we not not me in particular, but just as a collective whole, experienced 20 years of losing in mediocrity. And finally, with that taste of success, the expectations rose for the team. Obviously, you always want to have the highest expectations for your team to to be going to the Super Bowl every single year. But of course, for 20 years, having the New England Patriots in your division, the Buffalo Bills maybe didn't think that every single year. We didn't think that every single year. But this year was different. Last year, the Buffalo Bills came in and were a different team. They weren't your granddad's Buffalo Bills. They were not the Buffalo Bills that after 
the Music City Miracle fell off into mediocrity for two decades. It's not that. It's not that. Well, I, I say two decades. I generalize it 2017, even though I still believe the Bills lucked into that. One of the things that I have seen that has happened is the morphing of Bills Mafia feeling as if there was it was going to be given to us this year. We were going to just be given an easy road into the playoffs again, into a division title, into a Super Bowl appearance, which just seemed like the logical next step for a team that every single year they have gotten better as they move on. We as a collective got that feeling that it was going to be handed. And I can see it when teams and especially members of the team, even the coaching staff, but members of Bills Mafia, prominent members of Bills Mafia, ones that I would consider that I do have relationships with in some sense, and even just people that, of course, are the nutcases of Bills Mafia. You have to take it as a whole. But one of the things that I'm seeing is a lot of infighting, a lot of people attacking each other, some people, you know, having takes and other people, you know, trying to dismiss them. And I understand that's always been a thing where, you know, somebody has a hot take and while it might be ridiculous and some people might say they're doing it for clout, it's not just because of that. That person might genuinely feel that way. And that's kind of the thing with fandom is that people will have these outlandish takes and things like that. And they will get dispelled by fact or numbers, statistics, things that are set. And you can have civil discussions with them. But one of the things that I've seen is members attacking each other, even members in the content creation world attacking each other for one person maybe having an outlandish viewpoint. Maybe somebody enjoys that content. Maybe some people don't. Maybe branding and you know saying that a brand as a whole is one thing is maybe taking it a step too far when multiple brands do not all say the same thing. There are people within these brands that all have different opinions. There are people within Built in Buffalo that do not have the same viewpoints as me. That's why if you do listen to this show, then it is worth it to go listen to other people's shows because they have a different viewpoint. Maybe they have some of the same takes. Maybe they have some of the same views, but they will also have something new and insightful to be able to add that maybe me or maybe you listen to me and you also listen to the other person. Maybe I say something that that person doesn't say. So I see this attacking in Bill's Mafia and I, I see that a lot of it is based on personnel. And, you know, of course, it was an important game against the New England Patriots and we needed to win that game. Uh, I'm going to say this. I, I didn't have it written as that game was the must win. I said that that game could decide the division. I think that it was definitely something that if the Bills won this game, it set up the rest of the season to be able to maybe have a little bit more leeway for the team. And maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have expected that the Buffalo Bills were going to need more leeway now going into the season we lose 
if we want to really be a contender, and I see the people comparing us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year before, and I understand that, yes, you can say there and say, yeah, the Bucs were 7-5 and five at the same time last year, but then they decided to go on a run and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. That's great. But that Buccaneers team, when they put it together, you could tell that they were going to be something special. And I think that the Buffalo Bills are that team but the problem with the Bucs is they were on a three-game losing skid in November of last year. The Buffalo Bills have been flip-flopping for the better part of two months. They have been inconsistent. While the Bucs couldn't get it together for three games, it seems as if the Bills get it together for a game, but then whenever the competition gets a little bit harder or somebody plays them a little bit harder, a little bit more physical, they aren't able to adapt, adjust to be able to do it's it's a different it's different in my eyes i think that the only way that that can change is if the buffalo bills come out against the tampa bay buccaneers and get a convincing win and then they go and continue for the next for the rest of the season if the buffalo bills can win out not only will they win the division but they will also probably go back to being favorites to win said super bowl back to what our expectations were when we first started the season but again, one of the things that I need to preach to people is that the division is not lost. There's still plenty of time for the Buffalo Bills when their next meet up with the New England Patriots and then the New England Patriots. All the Buffalo Bills have to do is beat the Patriots and the Jets and hope that another team can help them along the way just a little bit to maybe either outright win the division or maybe even in tiebreakers. It's different. And I don't like that we have to sit here and have that conversation of, well, the Buffalo Bills might need a little bit of help. Yeah, they might, because one of the teams that was overlooked going into this season was a revamped New England Patriots team with one of the greatest coaches of all time behind it. This isn't a situation where it's a greatest of all time coach. He loses the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and then he falls off. No, he still has something to prove that it wasn't just the greatest of all time quarterback. It was also him. It was a tandem. That's what they did, and he wanted to prove that he can win without them. And guess what? That team is now leading the division. The Buffalo Bills now have that monkey on their back, and they're going to have to put that monkey down. They need to take that monkey to the zoo where it belongs, not here with people on their back. That is not what they need to be doing with that. So I think the division isn't lost. I think that people might blow it out of proportion. The Buffalo Bills did not look good on Monday night. There are factors into that. There's the weather, and I get it. You don't want to blame the weather. The Buffalo Bills seem to be able to do just fine, and most of the time, especially against the win, Josh Allen with a cannon. There's a few critical plays that the Buffalo Bills do not do not convert, and they just are not able to get the win. There's a few mistakes that lead to the Buffalo Bills not getting the win. And I think one of the things that I've seen a lot in Bills Mafia right now is everybody talking about the run game. Why are we running so much? Let's stop running. Or maybe run Josh Allen some more. He's basically your most effective running back on the team, and he's your quarterback. And I understand that. Everybody's looking for answers. Everybody wants what I heard Bruce Nolan say in a part of his podcast I was able to listen to today before recording, is everybody is looking for the silver bullet the right answer, the one answer to sum up everything of what is wrong with the Buffalo Bills, and you just can't do that. 
there's multiple problems. There's personnel issues. There's things that just don't work out that you just got to sit there and go, yeah, you know what? Yeah, like nothing's perfect. Every other NFL team is sitting there like, yeah, they wish they had the perfect roster too. And guess what? You can blame that on Brandon Bean. You can blame that on Sean McDermott and the coaching staff for people that maybe they've let go or didn't bring in or people that they had the chance to go get. Look, I would have to say this. I think one of the biggest things that I can tell that is wrong with the Buffalo Bills seems to be this philosophy that we're seeing when it comes to the run game. You can tell that Sean McDermott wants to be that team that's dual threat. They can run the ball and they can also pass the ball. But another thing is the Buffalo Bills aren't exactly built like that. We don't really have the personnel to be able to do that. We don't have the type of linemen that are able to let our running backs have major success. We don't have the running backs to be able to, even when the O-line is able to do something, to be able to get the most out of it. There's plays where, especially in the New England game, some of the running backs that we have don't even know the fundamentals on how to grab the ball when it is being handed off to them. There are problems with this Buffalo Bills team and with the run game. And I'm not going to say that you can't sit here and a lot of people just want to say, hey, abandon the run game altogether. Everybody seems to think that last year all the Buffalo Bills did was pass and that was it. And while I do think some of the rushing numbers are inflated by the Buffalo Bills being up big towards the end of games and them running the ball to just try to run out the clock, I think that inflates the number of times they ran the ball last year. It's very apparent that the Buffalo Bills are trying to find a way to implement the run earlier in a game more than they did last season. And I think that a lot of that has to do with Sean McDermott wants the Bills to be a dual threat team. And it seems as if Brian Dayball, and I don't think people understand how hard it is to be a coordinator, but he definitely leans towards being more creative when it comes to being able to throw the ball and setting up throwing downs then maybe he is trying to set up the run because the offensive coordinator it's his job to be able to do what they can with the personnel they have and with the personnel that the buffalo bills have on the offensive line brian dayball isn't able to be chan gailey with the running schemes he is not that guy he doesn't have the personnel to be able to get it done now, I think that they can be a little bit more creative, and I think we'll probably see that this week when they don't have 55-mile-an-hour gust of winds trying to throw things around. I think that a lot of people just don't know what the Buffalo Bills offense is. They're scared. You see what the Buffalo Bills did last year on offense, and then you come into this year, and it seems like, well, what happened? It seems like something fell off. What, what, what's the answer? Do we just stop running the ball altogether? Even though if you look at the numbers, while I did say I think they're inflated a little bit, the Buffalo Bills are running the ball at about the same rate that they were last year. They're just doing it earlier. And with them doing it earlier, you're seeing it more. See, the Buffalo Bills were one of the top leaders in the league last year of throwing percentage in the first quarter. Thank you, Bruce Nolan, for that stat. So when now we're not, we're 12th, we're 12th or 15th somewhere in that range the buffalo bills are running the ball more at the beginning and people are taking that as we're running the ball more no we're just running the ball earlier and i think that you know last year you could see that there was games that brian dayball just refused to run the ball now a lot of people think that there's games where brian dayball is just running the ball just to run the ball because sean mcdermott wants us to be a two-dimensional team well i'm sorry the buffalo bills 
are not a two-dimensional team. I don't think they will be a two-dimensional team. I do think one of the best courses of actions this year is not to go away from the run game. It's not to completely abandon it because teams do not respect your run game at all. But I do think that you need to use what you have. You have one of the best receiving cores in the league. Hell, you have Gabe Davis that every single time he steps on the field, and yes, I am president of the Gabe Davis fan club. Loved him since college, watched him in college. He was one of my favorite players going to one of my first UCF games I ever went to, and I will continue to love him now that he is on my NFL team, and I will always be the president of the Gabe Davis fan club. I was a fan before you. Please remember that. But also... Like, when Gabe Davis steps on the field, he makes big plays. He had the only touchdown in that game against New England. That's what Gabe Davis does. And that's wide receiver five. That's like wide receiver five. That guy, like, we have the weapons to be able to just go absolutely crazy in the passing game. And yet, it seems like the Buffalo Bills flounder. Sometimes they just don't get it done. And I don't think a lot of that has to come down to the play calling. I think that has to come down to the execution. And I know everybody's going to see here like, oh, we're talking about execution. They're professionals. They should be able to execute plays. Well, sometimes it's not always like that. Sometimes you're not able to be able to get the right leverage on a guy and to be able to get that big play that a lot of people expect you to get. A lot of people want to poo-poo on Dawson Knox for what happened in the New England game when he had one bad drop, I would say, that was a drive killer. But the other two main drops that everybody likes to point out were just good plays on defense. Like, yes, Dawson Knox could have caught that, but there were also great plays on defense. We played the team that I said last week that if Buffalo's not number one in the category, then they're number two right behind New England. And if New England's number one, right behind them is Buffalo. They're a good defense, a damn good defense. So the fact that everybody wants to, you know, dump on a lot of these players, look, I I don't think that you can put all the blame on the defense, which some reporters seem to think. Obviously, Mac Jones only threw the ball three times, completing one. He went one for three, and they just ran the ball. They didn't need to do anything else. And look, the Buffalo Bills only allowing them to score 14 points. Look, that's that's really good, especially with the conditions that they were in and knowing what New England was going to do. Look, holding them to 14 points was impressive. The offense didn't get it done. They didn't do what they needed to do. And the Buffalo Bills lost a game that could mean a lot coming into this final stretch of the season. But it's time to get back on track against Tampa Bay. So remember, we're all Bills Mafia. We all love each other. Everybody, there's always that crazy uncle that maybe, you know, says the ridiculous things at the family get-togethers, but you still love him because he's part of your family. So if you're sitting there and you listen to these and you see these people and you want to fight with people on Twitter, just remember, we're all still family. And then everybody's still a family. All the different brands that create content, uh, like, like, don't make it your mission to go seeking out a fight. And if people do, then, you know, just try to ignore it. Be the bigger man. Anyway, being the bigger man means that uh, we are going to have to get over this loss. You know, it's and it's hard to do because it was such a big loss. But we got to get over it. We got to move on. And we got to talk about Tampa Bay. Obviously, I've been on my soapbox here for about 19 minutes. You've been listening to it. Obviously, you are listening to the lowdown here. I am your host, 
Jake Jordan on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And we are going to be going into halftime. Obviously, this is the halftime of the show when we go into it. And either you will hear some sort of thing that came from the Bills media or some clip that I liked and I think that you should hear if you haven't heard it already. And then the second half, we will talk about the Buffalo Bills injury report and what I think the Buffalo Bills need to do to get out of Tampa Bay with a win. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Again, you have been listening to The Lowdown. I'm your host, Jake. This is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And I'll see all you guys in the second half. They would have won. It's the key fundamental. And honestly, I don't love the offensive line, but I can't even complain about the offensive line that much. I know they're not good at run blocking, so I wasn't surprised when they couldn't run block. It's the it's the penalties and the drops, man. Th- those have got to stop. you got to stop with these penalties. got to stop with the drop. So again, if you feel that the wind was the primary issue or the play calling was the primary issue, I'm going to have to disagree with you pretty strongly if two or three or four of these plays were executed correctly or better, I think the Buffalo Bills win, and it wasn't happening. So why don't we try to figure out why can't the Buffalo Bills execute in certain situations? Why is it always when it's it's third and eight or it's or we're right near the goal line, right? Ten-yard penalty, third and 18. Why? It's like every game. There's never any penalties like on first or second down, really, right? It's always third and eight. It's always a third and two that gets turned into a third and 12, a third and five that gets turned into a third and 10. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. But to me, it's execution. If these plays or some of these plays or two of these plays were executed correctly, the Bills win the game. The Bills win the game. So next week, the Bills play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which... I'm going to say right now, I'm going to predict a loss for the Buffalo Bills. I think Tampa is a much better team. I think they execute much better. I think their lines are much better. So that's how I feel about that. I don't have a score prediction right now. But obviously, this is this is crunch time right now. The Buffalo Bills have got to start to find a way to string together wins. They've got four games left after that against the Jets, the Panthers, the Falcons, and, and the Patriots. And quite frankly, they probably need to win all four of those games. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are the seventh seed. They're in danger of missing the playoffs. They've got serious issues. Miami is only a game and a half behind. If if things get really bad, Miami could pass the Bills, and the Bills could be in third place. So they need to execute. These players need to execute. That's the What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown, only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. You are listening to the second half, and the second half always means we've got a couple things to talk about going into this week. We have to go fly down into Tampa Bay, Florida, and take on the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get into that matchup, which uh, I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a downer, so I'm going to give you a warning before we get into this. I think this is a very bad matchup for the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills can take advantage of a few things, but I think overall, just from what we've seen and what the Buffalo Bills have shown, I feel like this is a very bad matchup. But going into this game, of course, we always talk about the injury report. This injury report is the Thursday injury report because I record these on Thursdays. If you want the most up-to-date, make sure to check out Buffalo Bills PR on Twitter or check out Built in Buffalo on all platforms. The injury report, the final injury report for 
going into the game will be posted on then. And of course, make sure to tune in to First Round Buy on Friday nights where you will be able to see me, Justice General Izzy, and a guest of our choosing talking about it. And of course, we will talk about the final injury report and how we do believe that it is going to affect the Buffalo Bills going into this game. Now, who's on the injury report? Well, there are actually a few names on this injury report that I would say uh, kind of worry me. Now, I don't think it worries me in a way that it's like, okay, they're not going to play. Maybe in uh, one regard, and we will talk about that. But uh, one of them is Cole Beasley is on there. He was on for vet rest. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Came back on Thursday. He is perfectly fine. Usually, we have a few vet rests thrown in here that we have to talk about. uh, But he's actually the only one. The next one is Reggie Gilliam with an ankle, which, of course, Last week, Reggie Gilliam also had this ankle, but he has been limited in both practices, so I would expect him to be either limited on Friday and questionable or full and ready for the game this Sunday. Next one is the one that it kind of worries me a little bit, and that is defensive tackle Star Latulale, and he has an injury to his toe. He was limited on Wednesday, but he did not participate in practice on Thursday We do not know whether or not this is just being cautionary and being like, hey, we want to make sure that toe's okay. We're going to let you stay off of it for a day. So Star was not at practice, and we will see if he's limited on Friday. We do not know the extent of this toe injury. Hopefully, we cannot lose or afford to lose Star Latulale again, especially going to a game against a really good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that have a running back in Leonard Fournette, who is just another one of those guys that if you let them, they will try to run all over you with him. Next one is defensive end F.A. Obata, and he has a hip injury. I do believe he was also on this last week. He was limited in both practices. I would assume that he is probably ready to go this week. Uh, The one that did pop up today that was brand new was defensive tackle Ed Oliver. With a chest injury, he participated fully on Wednesday, and then this chest injury did not pop up until today on Thursday. He was still limited. I would assume that it is probably nothing serious. He will probably be limited or full on Friday and ready to go. If it was really serious and it just occurred today, they probably would have taken him out, and we probably would have heard a little bit more from that. And another one, too, is tight end Tommy Sweeney, who we know is the backup tight end for the Buffalo Bills, has a hip injury, popped up this week, limited on Wednesday, did not participate on Thursday. So I would assume with him being possibly sidelined if he did not participate today and he's questionable for the game then you might see a call up of one of our practice squad tight ends probably quentin morris if you were to see one so that is the injury report going into the game against the tampa bay buccaneers and look i gotta tell you guys this straight up i never want to lie to you guys I'm not very confident in this team playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what stinks for me is I'm not going to be able to actually watch this game because I will be out doing things. I have prior obligations with my family. I will be out. And of course, the day that we are traveling is right as the Bills game will be entering the second half. So I'll probably get to watch the first half and then after that. So hopefully the Bills score 100 points in the first half and I don't have to worry about it because there's no way that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can come back. But I highly doubt 
that is going to be happening. So, of course, we have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody. So, you know what that means. We're going up against the team that were the Super Bowl champions last year. And, of course, we brought up them in the first half when we were talking about how people are kind of scared about the Buffalo Bills right now and how some people are going, hey, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're 7-5 last year, they went on a run. I kind of talked about why I think that's a little bit different. You can't completely compare them exactly the same. The Bills kind of were more inconsistent while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were just on a slide making stupid mistakes. I think there's kind of a little bit of a difference there. But obviously, yes, they were both 7-5. and five. The Bills could go on a run. This could be a very good game. However, I just think that the matchups in this game just don't really work out in the Bills' favor, especially with Tredavious White being out. I have all confidence that our defensive game plan will be able to work. I just do not think the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to completely shut down the wide receivers, the tight ends, or even if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers decide, hey, we're going to use Leonard Fournette. I just do not think no matter what way they attack this Buffalo Bills defense, there's going to be something that will be given up. And a lot of the times it's a quarterback back there that, you know, is kind of hit or miss. I'd be a little bit more like, yeah, okay, our defense can get it done. They have Tom Brady behind that offensive line, which in all all, like I, I did not even bring up the pass rush yet, but the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is pretty stout. They are pretty good at being able to keep Brady upright for at least the amount of time that he needs. And you know what's crazy is that I think that our pass rush is still going to be pretty effective. And I think whenever you are able to pressure Tom Brady, which is one of my keys for the Bills being able to win this game, is if you are able to somehow get pressure to Tom Brady, you are more likely to be able to, one, either cause him to make a mistake, which is something I would not have thought about saying with Tom Brady, but he has recently come into, you know, he does make some mistakes from time to time, definitely throwing more interceptions than the last four games that he has had this season. So definitely something that when I'm thinking of Tom Brady, Getting Tom Brady pressured, trying to bait him into some stuff could work, but he's one of the greatest quarterbacks for a reason. I do not think that Tom Brady's going to be making all that many mistakes, but the great thing about this game is that it is going to be a beautiful day in South Florida, in Tampa, and it's going to be great because, I mean, you can call Tampa the West Coast of Florida if you want to. It's still South. Tampa still is going to have great weather, great football weather, and I think that Josh Allen is going to be able to feast in this game. I think that with, now don't get me wrong, the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their pass rush, it is for real. And they did have five sacks against Atlanta, and that is something that you cannot discount. Now, of course, all of the stuff that happened last week, Atlanta, I don't even know how Atlanta won as many games as they did. They've looked like one of the worst teams in the league this year. And all those sacks on Matt Ryan, who's a dinosaur who can barely move back there. I mean, come on. What are like I, I understand Josh Allen will be able to move around just a little bit if you know, said pressure does come. I think Josh Allen, of course, is going to get sacked. The Buffalo Bills are allowing at least two sacks a game. That is just what the offensive line is doing. And I think that the Buffalo Bills could score points. I think this is the week that the Buffalo Bills are able to go in 
And I, I don't think they abandoned the run. I've said that before. I do not think that they abandoned the run. And I think that you're not a smart coach if you do abandon the run because you do need to have that, you know, that dual threat mentality. I just don't think the Buccaneers are going to be buying it. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to need to be able to go and attack the secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a lot of people have said it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the ones who basically wrote the book on how to stop an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs, which the Bills do mimic in a way. So I would not be surprised if they just tried to implore the same thing and try to just get pass rush on Josh Allen, which our offensive line, at least at this moment, we do not know if... John Feliciano will be coming back or activated at the end of the week to be playing. Uh, We do not know that yet. So definitely this is something to be looking forward to. This game is definitely going to be a tough one. I would say that the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. But every single time that I predict for the Buffalo Bills to win a game, they have like, and even convincingly, they have lost. Every time I've been on a podcast and I say, oh, they're going to win, they usually lose. So I'm going to do something crazy this week. I'm not going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win this game. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to make it a good game, but I do not think they are going to win this game. My final score prediction for this game is going to be 38-27 Buccaneers. That's right. I mean, and I'd be remiss to say that a little part of me actually is not thinking that this might be true as well, not just a reverse psychology thing with me trying to, you know, beat my superstitions or anything like that. I I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I just think at home, the Bills are still kind of floundering, trying to figure out what we really are. Um, I think the Bucks are kind of sound. They know what they are, and maybe you could catch them lacking. Maybe that is, but I don't think that they are, especially after the comments that Tom Brady immediately after beating Atlanta says, no, we've got... You know, it's like the biggest game on our schedule against the Bills. So they are definitely going to be ready for the Buffalo Bills to come into town. So, yeah, 38, 27 bucks. And I hate saying it. It makes me feel dirty just saying it. But it is what it is. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of The Lowdown. Definitely one. I feel like it it could have been a little bit longer. Uh, I would have gone more in depth on analysis. But again, I'm feeling under the weather. It's finals week. So not only is this probably the worst time for me to also be under the weather, but also I am, you know, getting a job at the same time. So I have been interviewing online, which is very weird as well. Definitely full schedule of things. It's definitely made it a little bit harder. And then, of course, at least right in this week so i've been rushing to get a bunch of normal stuff done because taking online classes i have like online exams so i can take them earlier but that means that i just have to cram earlier as well so that doesn't work but you guys have been listening to the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york i've been your host jake this has been the lowdown on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Of course, you can always find me at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter, where I have some pretty, pretty good takes. And hopefully you guys will join me in being able to entertain you guys every single week on this new platform. There's a ton of awesome creators. I always collab with a bunch of other people, or I try to at least. And everybody on this network is definitely worth a listen. So make sure to hit that subscribe, whether you are listening to it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, however you listen to these podcasts, definitely make sure to listen to everybody. Everybody has a different perspective and it is awesome. But again, you've been listening to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York, the lowdown. I've been your host, Jake. This is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, and I will see 
all of you guys next week.